Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Oberholt. Ashton, week 12 in the books. How was your week 12? It was solid as a Georgia fan. It was a really a very comfortable uh, week 12. Very enjoyable. We'll say that. It was a, it sure. was a really good, um, really comfortable evening um, after the Georgia game. That's just kind of how that goes, you know. Um, but overall... I will say that this was one of those weekends that was primed for a bunch of upsets and just chaos. And it didn't happen. Like, like all the favorites won, even if they had to squeak one out, like look at, you know, Missouri against Florida. Like that was, and then Washington beat Oregon state. Like the favorites kind of snuck through and not much really changed in the top 10. So yeah, it was um, just kind of chalky, which felt weird because we're used to seeing just like a chaotic weekend here somewhere. Well, obviously, we've had some upsets here and there throughout the season, but there's never been that one huge week where everything just blows up and there's only one, only one week left. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the scores, uh, one other coaching thing maybe to talk about. Dino Babers fired at Syracuse after eight years there and I think three bowl appearances or whatever. I'm assuming neither one of us has a lot of thoughts about it other than like as far as where they go. But what are your thoughts about Dino Babers? How will you remember the tenure? I mean, okay, so we're going to remember him by how well he played against Clemson, right? Like back when yeah. Clemson had that thing moving, you know, and and um, Syracuse beat him outright the one year and I think almost beat them the next year in Clemson, actually. Um, and that was like the year like Clemson was winning titles like in, you know, at that at that point. And it. it I'm not sure if it's fair. Like, I really don't know yeah. if it's fair to like, who does Syracuse, who is Syracuse going to get that's better? You know? Right. I, I heard somebody say that uh, if you're the AD there, you probably know you're not going to do a lot better or anything, but it's hard to go to your donors and keep asking for money while also telling them, yeah, this is as good as we'll ever be. <laughs> like, right. like, and mm-hmm. so you have to kind of give them false hope, I guess. I don't know. It, there's also going to be more, I think there's going to be more of that. There's going to be shorter and shorter leashes. Um, yeah. Like as, as like the whole conference realignment thing happens and as money um, becomes a bigger and bigger deal. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, coaches will have a shorter leash. You could argue adding Stanford and Cal to the league next year makes that theoretically you play one of those a season. Like that's maybe an extra win for you. So yeah, maybe they right. can outperform what they've done. All right, let's go into week 12. Um, Not like a huge week, not one of the best weeks of the season, but still obviously a lot going on. Um, Let's see. I I should preface this by saying I personally played in a flag football tournament on Saturday, so I wasn't able to actually watch as much as I wanted to. Um, Was still kind of scoreboard watching all day and (laughs) did watch quite a bit of the evening slate. So not – totally out of it but we might be relying on you for some of the details of the earlier games at least okay okay can, can we get into the michigan maryland game that one was a game yeah. that um it was one of those like close games and it, and it really was this was the okay maryland is sandwiched 
in between Penn State and Ohio State on Michigan's right. schedule. Right, that was that's a three week stretch for Michigan, and Maryland just somehow happens to fall right in between um, the, their two biggest games, which is Penn State and Ohio State. So that was going to kind of be a natural let off spot for them. They won the game on the road, which is something. They had a chance to pull away and look way better while beating Maryland. They did not do that, which right. isn't. You're maybe not just like jacked about that, you know, heading into the Ohio State game. However, do you remember last year when Michigan almost lost on the road against Illinois, a pretty solid Illinois team, but I mean, nothing great. Uh, a year ago, they could have easily lost. It, it was in the same spot. It was at the end of the year, the week before Ohio State, and there was kind of a let off. So yeah. I just like two things are true at once. It's the sky is not falling for Michigan. The sky is not falling. They have it. They are favored. They're favored at home against Ohio State, um, and they should be. Like I think right. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan is. They've been favored um, in like that look ahead line um, all year long. That line has been in Michigan's favor the whole time. However, the other thing that's also true is that JJ McCarthy was not really good <laughs> in this game. Like this is a couple of weeks in a row where it hasn't been fantastic, and he's not been bad. But he was a Heisman contender just three weeks ago, and he's not. Like, he is not even going to New York now with how he's played right. the last couple of weeks. So, and is that concerning? Yes. Like, that, that is concerning. So, I want to kind of walk that narrow line there where the sky is not falling for Michigan. However, it would have been really nice to have seen J.J. McCarthy pop off against Maryland and, and you know, throw for a whole bunch of yards and, and not throw a pick in the end zone, and he didn't do that. I agree completely. I mean, just kind of looking at some of the numbers in this game. They scored three offensive touchdowns, and they averaged 4.3 yards per play against Maryland. That's – yeah. Maryland doesn't exactly have a great defense. It's not terrible, but you'd like to see some better numbers, some better production out of your offense. Obviously, that can all go away this weekend. Like, they can come out and beat Ohio State the way they did the last two seasons, and we'll forget all about this game. But it should be noted, Vegas now has Georgia as the favorite to win the national title. A week ago it was Michigan. That Those numbers have flipped. That Yeah, Michigan, so Georgia was the favorite early on to win the national championship early in the season. And then just a couple of games in, Michigan actually took that spot and held it for a long time. They were the odds-on favorite to win the title until, I think, yeah, was it just this past week? Because they like that just happened because they were a week a week ago, but that number had been declining for Michigan. They actually had a little bit of a margin, um, and, and it was Georgia, Michigan at the top. Like it was Georgia, Michigan, and then everyone else. Yeah, but like that number ticked down a little bit last week, and and I actually didn't know that. That was new information that Georgia was now the odds-on favorite. I did yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so Vegas I think kind of agrees with what you're saying as far as Michigan is still in good position like it's not that bad but i think most people if you're paying attention you're probably thinking they're no longer the favorite to win the title we'll we'll talk about we'll talk more about michigan (laughs) and ohio state here like that's going to take up most of this podcast probably so yeah yeah, we'll just put that one on the shelf and i'll just say vegas finally they're a week late from where i was so hey okay Giving yourself credit. Yeah. Did you sure. have a winning week? Did you have a winning week in the I locks? I did, yes. I nice. went two and one again. So nice. yeah. um running through some other scores. Michigan State beats Indiana 24-21. Notre Dame beats Wake Forest 45 to 7. Senior day, Sam Hartman against his old team. Yeah. Nothing notable there, really. Um good team beats bad team. Louisville beats Miami 38 to 31. 
this is not i mean this feels like about the right score is that okay to say or what what are your thoughts ashton louisville is 10 and 1 we talked (laughs) in the preseason about the fact that louisville who had a they have a soft schedule it was not a very difficult schedule we talked about that we thought that they could hit their over because the schedule was not very difficult for louisville right louisville is 10 and 1 okay and you have to hear me out on this one but they play kentucky this week and then they play florida state without jordan travis more on that in a little bit like louisville was in a dogfight with Miami in this game. They they did win. Good for them. That was a game that was watched by literally dozens of Miami fans from all over the greater <laughs> Miami area. I mean, they all flocked in for that one. And that you know, that is what it is. It doesn't actually matter how many fans were there. Louisville's 10 and 1. They have a non-zero chance of making the playoff. Right. Non-zero. If they win out and they don't need much, man. I'm telling you. If, if if Texas slips up anywhere, or if, say, Oregon loses to Oregon State and then rebounds and, and beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and, and that'd be a two-loss um, you know, Pac-12 champ, like, there, there's a world that I'm just, there's a world where somehow Louisville makes it, and no one no one's even mentioning that because they're not the 10th best team in the country. Like, they're, they're not, and they're definitely not one of the top four, but there's a world where they get in. Jeff Brom is doing this with a roster that's not all that talented. Yeah. And the quarterback and Jack Plummer, who, so, you know, in baseball and, and in basketball, I think they have, you know, wins above replacement or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> in college football, you could just go wins above Jack Plummer. Like he's Ooh. like the perfectly replacement level quarterback. He's just yeah. completely average. And Jeff Brom has dragged this team to a 10 and one record. It's very impressive. So, some people were probably looking for a more impressive win against a bit of a down Miami team. I'm just impressed by the fact that Louisville is 10 and one and yeah, uh, hats off to them. Great season. The book is written on their season. It's a great season, no matter what happens from here on out. They're going to get absolutely smoked by someone in, in a new year six bowl. If they sure. make it like, like Louisville's not a fantastic football team. But they could go to the playoff. Like yeah. that's they they could go to the playoff, and wouldn't that just be fantastic? Like I'm actually rooting for that a little bit. Um, like let's go ahead and put Louisville in there, and you're just, rooting yeah. for that because you're a Georgia fan, and Georgia's probably going to be the one seed. We they would probably be the four. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That would probably be our first round matchup. That that thought did occur to me, and it's not a bad. To seven could happen again. It, possibly more. I mean, that's a there's a legitimate chance there. But you do have to give them credit for winning these football games. Like yeah. that, they deserve a ton of credit for winning these football games. We'll give them a little shout out. They they really don't get talked about that much because they're they're part of it is the schedule. Like like we can go ahead and say they they didn't play Murderers Row to get to ten and one. But there's a lot of other teams that played similar schedules and aren't ten and one. So give right. them credit for give them credit for winning football games. Um, their one loss was awful loss, and they got beat yeah. bad by by Pitt, who's who's just not a good football team this year. But yeah, I know I, we it, Louisville just doesn't get talked about very much. We'll just give them their flowers here for a little right. bit. Right, sure. All right, moving on. Penn State beats Rutgers twenty-seven to six. Uh, should just mention, by the way, Rutgers is six and four. Like that's actually a solid job by them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it ends there with Penn State gets the win, comfortable win. Like it's a solid job by Rutgers, but they're still way worse than Penn State. Um, Northwestern beats Purdue twenty-three to fifteen. 
The Northwestern Wildcats, Ashton, are going bowling this year, yeah. which is just astonishing. I was looking back at the, our, our win total picks. <laughs> we both took the under on three wins for Northwestern this year. And, and I'm not fair, saying that to shame ourselves. I'm just saying yeah. that well done, David Braun. To be fair, they were awful the first couple of weeks yeah. right after that whole scandal thing and, and you know, losing a, a kind of their, their great coach, right? Like, like Pat Fitzgerald was Northwestern football. Yep. Um, and we were betting against them every week for the first couple. And we were hitting because they were not very good. We made money on them. And quietly, they've turned it around. Like that happened kind of under the radar where they've went. And yeah, they've just, they've been stacking up some wins. Currently second place in the Big Ten West. That is that is just a crazy thing to say after. I mean, I would Iowa went ahead and wrapped up the, the the Big Ten West and we'll play in the championship game. But Northwestern props to them. Well done. Um, I think they beat Wisconsin as well this year. <laughs> like yeah. Northwestern has some impressive wins. <laughs> um, Oklahoma, less impressive on Saturday. They beat BYU yep. 31 to 24. At one point, Dylan Gabriel got hurt. Jackson Arnold came in and was not very good, which was a little surprising. But is it mm-hmm. fair to I, I'm just a little confused what to think about this Oklahoma team this season, other than clear improvement from a year ago, but also clearly not where they want to be. Is it just that simple, Ashton? I had to think of it a little bit of a different way, considering everything that's gone on at USC and all of the all the problems there. True. Oklahoma won the breakup. Oklahoma yeah. absolutely <laughs> won the breakup with Lincoln yeah. Riley. Um, and so they're they're nine and two right now, right? They, mm-hmm. There is there's the whole Big Twelve tiebreaker scenario is a nightmare, and I honestly can't oh. quite figure it out as to what happens um, and who gets to go. I think they they still need Oklahoma State to lose, is my understanding. Right. And yes. Oklahoma State wins and they're in to to the to the Big Twelve championship game. However, there's there, yeah, if Oklahoma State loses, there's a ton of different tiebreaker scenarios. And if Texas loses again, Oklahoma has the tiebreaker over Texas, right? Because they beat them. Oklahoma is nine and two. They're they're going to finish with. I mean, they're they're going to have a a solid end to the season. They'll go to a good bowl game. And they'll sign another good recruiting class. Mm-hmm. You're right. Maybe it's not where they wanted to be, but they absolutely won the breakup considering what's sure. going on at USC right now. Yep. More on that later. Um, Liberty beats UMass to improve to 11 or no. Just, just throwing that out there for Jamie Chadwell, rumors sake, whatever, um, which is definitely out there. Um, App State ends James Madison's undefeated season, 26-23. Probably not worth talking about a whole lot, but impressive win by App State, so good for them. Um, James Madison's still obviously doing great things in the F- at the FBS level, and we'll see them eventually. Their they're, they're, uh, request for a waiver to get bowl eligibility or yeah, whatever was denied. was denied, but yeah. we'll see them in plenty of bowls in the future. So, um. Maybe one of the most impressive wins of the entire day. Arizona crushes yes. Utah 42 yes. to 18. Yeah. Arizona's eight and three, and they still are alive for the Pac-12 title game. What, what do you say about this Arizona team this year, Ashton? Okay. Okay. And it's super impressive win, right? Utah doesn't get blown out by almost anybody. That just doesn't really happen. 
the game was on the Pac-12 network, so I, of course, couldn't watch, and highlights are the best that I got out of this one. But I've watched a ton of Arizona. Again, I'm an avid Pac-12 after dark watcher, um, and Arizona was often on there, you know, until they got ranked, and then suddenly you can't, then, yeah, they become almost harder to watch. But Noah Fafita is a stud at quarterback. He's been yeah. he's been consistent for a while. So you remember, I think Arizona lost to Mississippi State. I think it was in week two. They lost by seven points. Jaden Delora was still the quarterback, if you remember. And I think it was, I, I believe it almost went to overtime. They didn't quite. They were driving to send it to overtime. The Arizona has rattled off a bunch of wins since then that include Washington State, who was ranked, Oregon State, UCLA, who was ranked at the time. They beat Colorado. They had to sneak that one out by three points and then crush Utah. They they lost by two points at USC. <laughs> um, Arizona did, and that makes the like that makes the record. It was it was a different thing. I mean, USC was top ten at the time, and you know they've that said, right. since has gone downhill. But they also played a really close game with Washington. Like yeah. this, my my point is Arizona is a really really good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, going to the to the Big Twelve, this team's going to compete if they can hang on to their coach and their players through the Armageddon that's going to possibly happen in the transfer portal. If Jed fish decides to go somewhere, which I mean, there are rumors, right. But if they can keep everything intact, they're going to be a big problem next year. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan, have been a fan, have, have made money um, betting on the wildcats this year. I'm, I'm very impressed with them. To put some perspective on how impressive this season has been, we both took the over on their win total at four and a half. (laughs) So, Great job by Jed Fish. Clemson beats North Carolina 31 to 20. Um, about hey, what we look, expected, right? If you want to buy stock, you got to get in now, right? Isn't that the saying? Um, <laughs> right, buying, yes. buying while it's slow. North Carolina wasn't a fantastic football team and definitely not a yeah. complete football team. Um, yeah, Clemson is the more talented football team. Um, yeah. And yeah, I agree. It was a home game for them. It was a, a two-score win. They were impressive doing it, kind of led throughout. So, mm-hmm. yeah, props to them. I I actually inspe- – I, I, should we talk about Garrett Riley later? Like, do, should we should we talk about that just maybe um, like after con- – it's not the time right now. They're, they're beginning to find something. Like that Clemson yeah. offense is beginning to find something. It just – man, it took a while. I thought we'd see it early. Um, they're starting to get there. I think it's possible that Cade Klubnik is just not as good as everyone expected, and that holds an offense back when you just don't have the quarterback play and the offensive line play, quite frankly, (laughs) and the receiver play. Okay, (laughs) everything on offense. The personnel on offense has not lived up to the recruiting rankings. They have exceptional running backs, Clemson. Yes, yeah, they do. Um, they have two really, really good backs, and you're right. the The receivers aren't what they were, but I, I did. I think I think Klubnik has a ton of talent still. I just, yeah. I, I I I don't think that Riley was allowed just to have the breaks off the offense. Right. right. Away. I think Fair. there was a lot of breaks on the offense by Dabo and and whoever else early in the year. And then after they lose a couple of games, it was like, like, you know, we don't have much to lose. Let's just go ahead and take the breaks off. And I think, I think they're beginning to find something. I, this week will be fun too when they when they play their rivalry game against South Carolina. Well, you mentioned these not being complete teams. Maybe the only complete team in the country is your Georgia Bulldogs. They beat Tennessee 38 to 10. Tennessee yeah. scores on the first play of the game, and that ended up being their only touchdown. Just a complete 
uh, domination, like just completely in control. Georgia stops Tennessee. They did it with offense. They did it with defense, just an all around good old fashioned butt whooping. What are your thoughts, Ashton, as the resident Georgia fan here? I mean, okay. Time of possession, Georgia had 41 minutes. Tennessee had 19. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be difficult. And Tennessee kind of thrives a little bit on, on running super fast and and they're okay to have super fast drives and and let that happen. Um, But you you can't give Georgia 40, 40 minutes time of possession on, on offense. They will, they Georgia's offense is too good. Like they will just wear you out. Georgia finished nine of 13 on third downs. That's how they were able to keep, um, you know, like so much, so much possession. Um, the, Georgia's third down offense is really good, man. Carson Beck um, is, is really, really yes. good. This was a game I did not feel good about. I'll, I'll just be really honest. There were the Ole Miss game. I wasn't terribly worried. There was a number of games where I wasn't terribly worried on the road at Tennessee. I Tennessee was going to come out and score first. Tennessee, Tennessee scores first. They'd score first on the 85 Bears. Like, like they would have a really, really good opening possession. They always do that. And Georgia always kind of gives up the early score. So that was not a surprise. I think Kirby even made a, a, a comment in his presser. He's like, well, let's just let them score on one play and just get it over with, you know, and then we ain't, we don't have to worry about it. And that kind of that's kind of what happened. <laughs> um G- Georgia is a complete team. They are coming in and playing their best ball right now, which is a great time to be playing it. Georgia's going to play a playoff game in two weeks against Alabama. I mean, that's pretty much a playoff game. And they could not be looking any better going into that. They're, they're, they're progressing too. Like they're getting better week on week. So yeah, going into Neyland and doing that to Tennessee is difficult. I think it's very, very hard. And Georgia absolutely silenced that crowd. It was it's it's wonderful to watch. I'll just be really honest. This team is <laughs> fantastic to watch. Of the top 10 teams in the country, if you're looking at the rankings and you look yeah. at all their quarterbacks, Carson Beck might end up being the highest draft pick of all of those 10 quarterbacks. Oh, I, I mean, it's McCarthy. Very possible. McCarthy? No. I, I, Bo Nix. Bo Nix and Penix are going to be fairly high. Just saying, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if if Carson Beck ends up going higher in the first round than any of those guys that you mentioned. I mean, I think I think I think Beck will probably be back next year. Sure, I'm think, not I even disputing that. I, I, okay, a year and a half from now, though. Yeah, who knows? He's he's outpacing Stetson Bennett from last year. Stetson had a fantastic year and was a Heisman finalist. And Carson has better numbers across the board on like everything. He's not turning the ball over either. Yeah. The the windows he's throwing into is they're absolutely insane. Um yeah. and when he has Brock Bowers back and healthy and moving around and being that third down target, it's it's a real it's the best offense that I have seen Georgia ever have, I think. Yeah. Um and yeah, who, you know, there's still a lot of big games left and, and they have plenty of time to fold yet, but it's been it's been really fun to watch. I will say, and I'm just going to go ahead and put my hand up and say, I'm sorry. I was not a big fan of Mike Bobo. I was sure. not, a, I didn't, I did not like the hire. I thought it was a bad one. I thought like, man, in a world where Clemson gets Garrett Riley and um, Phil Longo goes to Wisconsin, right? Like why couldn't we get one of those cool guys, you know, that, that call that dial them up, you know, isn't that the buzzword? Um, and Bobo has come in and he's done a really good job of keeping what Munkin did and then adding a little bit of his own stuff. Um, definitely maybe a little bit more pass happy than what the Monk and stuff was, but the pre-snap motion 
and the ability to go up with with sugar huddles um, and use yeah. you know tempo from you don't have to use it all the time, but you know from time to time use tempo and incorporate it in there. It makes it makes a team like that super hard to defend yeah. when they get rolling. And if you're not using a little bit of that with with right. really good pre snap motion and tempo at times. You're just you're not trying very hard as an offensive yep. play caller. I think that's important to have in something that Georgia is doing even more of this year. That's it's been awesome. I love that. Just there's no reason any offense out there should not do a few things like occasionally use tempo, use play action, use pre-snap motion. Like those are just yep. little things that every offense coordinator should be doing. So yeah, props to Georgia. Right, there's, a, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams out there that aren't that don't do that. Exactly. Just, we'll just go ahead and throw that one out there. Yeah. Like Clemson could Clemson could learn a lot if they decided to go a little bit more tempo from time to time. Sure. <laughs> like what they used to do. They used to do that and they've just quit. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. NC State beat Virginia Tech 35-28. Iowa beats Illinois 15 to 13. Um Let's see. Oh, here's here's a good one to talk about a little bit. UCLA beats USC 38 to 20. This prompted a tweet by Dan Mullen. <clears> asking, <throat> it's a fantastic tweet. Are we fantastic. sure the right LA head coach is on the hot seat? Um USC, that was the end of their regular season. They finished yes. seven and five. Chip Kelly has been in, been rumored to be in the hot seat for UCLA. They're now seven mm-hmm. and four. USC just can't beat physical teams. It's just that simple. Yeah. I mean, five losses, man. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah. First of all, it's not Caleb Williams' fault. It's really not. That man doesn't deserve um, the the re- like. Yeah, guys that deserve better. Um, Caleb Williams is at the. He's one of the top guys on that list. Um, he deserves better than than what he got this year at USC. They have real issues. I they really do. The tweet from Dan Mullen, and he's an ex-Florida coach, and I really didn't like him when he was at Florida. But when I saw that tweet, I like, hey, the man makes a good point. Like that's <laughs> that's a very fair point. Um, yeah, Chip Kelly doesn't need to be on the hot seat at UCLA. Like I don't I don't know yeah. who like who do they think they're going to get that's better. That, that's kind of my question. Um, Lincoln Riley, I don't know if it's hot seat talk, but I do think there's some NFL buzz. Like with yeah. him. So, I mean, there kind of has been a little bit along and along, but I think he's, he's probably going to entertain it even more this off season. I, mm. yeah, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he goes to the NFL. I think that's maybe a little underrated. So yeah, that, that, that could very easily happen here in the next couple of weeks. Chip Kelly, by the way, has built a team that will fit right in, in the big 10 next year. Like they play yes. physical, yes. yes, whatever. Yeah. USC, on the other hand, has a lot of work to do, though, to fit yes. in a lot of work. If you want to go beat yep. Iowa at their place, you're not going to be able to play like the way you're playing right now. Yeah. Speaking of the Big Ten, Ohio State beats Minnesota 37-3. to Kyle McCord is not all that great, but Ohio State's defense is legit. Travion Henderson is legit. Seems like he's finally healthy at running back for Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, impressive win by them. We'll learn more about them next week. New Mexico State upsets Auburn 31 to 10 and got a $1.85 million check to do it. Yeah. Um, any thoughts, Ashton? <laughs> I talked to an Auburn fan today. He's like, man, they that that um New Mexico State team, like they had a lot of experience. And I was like, like, <laughs> what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Like you're Auburn. I I yeah, it was crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Three touchdowns. 
They beat them by three scores. They blew out Auburn at yep. their place. That doesn't happen much. Georgia went into Auburn and, and struggled. Auburn led Georgia through large chunks of that game and, and only won by seven points. Georgia hasn't played a one possession game since. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, it's, it's crazy. That's the Hugh Freeze experience, I guess. Like, he's going to it be is. lights out against, against good teams. Also, in a weird way, it also makes me think that Auburn has something dialed up for Bama. Cause the good thing about yeah. looking ahead and looking over a team like, like Auburn clearly did the week before Alabama with, and they completely overlooked New Mexico State. The good thing about that is that you probably have some cool things in stock for Alabama the next week. So that's interesting. I'm, we'll get to that maybe a little bit later in the locks, and we'll talk about this. I'm just going to say that's interesting. Also, home sure. game for Auburn. Yeah, right. Oklahoma State beats Houston 43-30. I only just I just mentioned this because Oklahoma State rebounds, and they still control their own destiny in the Big 12. If they win this week, they are in the Big 12 championship game. Hmm. Um yeah, no one has clinched it, but they and Texas both control their own destiny. Right. Oregon beats Arizona State 49 to 13. Uh, let's see. Texas Tech um, gets bowl eligible with a win over UCF 24 to 23. UCF still needs one more win to go bowling. Cal beats Stanford 27 to 15. Can't really figure Stanford out. Let's talk about this game, though. Northern Alabama. Loses to Florida State 58 to 13. The big story here, though, Jordan Travis goes down with a gruesome injury. His career's over at Florida State. Uh, obviously, kind of the Heisman candidate quarterback there who's had a really good career and was having a really good season. Um, that really sucked to watch. And it does make you feel a little bit different, probably, about Florida State's ceiling, although I think we both would have said they can't win the title anyway. But yeah. Yeah, it just sucks. Florida State, props to uh, Rodemaker, Tate Rodemaker, their backup. He he did uh-huh. figure it out, and they did. They were losing when Travis went down, and they came out and crushed Northern Alabama the way you're supposed to. Um, any big picture thoughts on Florida State with Jordan Travis injury? Did Did you see the injury? Did I you did. see it? It was yeah, ugh. yeah. It was not cool. Yeah. No, it was one of those where immediately it's like I I can't I can't even watch like. I've seen a ton of football yeah. injuries with those injuries right there. I, I can't even like, I got to look away, man. I really can't even look at those. So they yeah. showed the replay on other games broadcasts. Which I, know. I was like, what are you doing? It was one of those I, I nasty saw, ones. I saw that replay probably 10 or 15 times, like actively not trying to see it, like not searching it out. And was like, no, no, like get it away from me. But they kept on showing it anyway. I, you, that really sucks for him, for Florida state, for the, for, yeah, for everyone involved that no one, in, no one enjoyed that. No one appreciated that, that, that was awful. Just kind of all the way, all the way around Florida state. If they go undefeated though, and they do beat Louisville and they beat Florida, which by the way, again, more on that, more on that soon. Like that's going to be a tough game for them this week. If they go undefeated, they're 13 and 0 conference champs. Do they get in the, do they get in a 14 playoff? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they they it's very simple to me with florida state only four power five teams can go undefeated they are one of them right if they if they go undefeated they will be in if they lose they will not be in to me it's just that simple the cleanest scenario is that it's like georgia runs the table Washington runs the table, Florida State runs the table, and then either Michigan or Ohio State, like that winner goes on and yeah. wins the Big Ten, and you have four undefeated conference champs 
right. no one else really has an argument, right? Like these yep. are, I mean, clearly it should, it, that's the cleanest way. And, and honestly, it's, it's kind of likely like, like that could, that could very easily happen. So no, I agree with you. I think Florida state will go if they go undefeated and, and should go um, just from the body of work. Yeah. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, Kansas State beat Kansas 31 to 27, but I'm just so impressed by Kansas and the job that Leipold has done there and Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator. They're down to their third string quarterback at yeah. Kansas. So we're right. not exactly talking a five star here. And they hang with Kansas State, who's a very good team. Both of these teams were seven and three going into it. This was like a ranked on ranked matchup. This is Kansas State and Kansas we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I have good. Good feelings about both of these teams. I think both of these head coaches are doing a really good job. There, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Two programs that are being run very well. Like those yeah. coaches are maxing out those programs. Yes. Um, like both of them. If you're Michigan State, you should you should make Leopold say no to you, I think. Yeah. Do you yeah, I, I think there's actually a pretty high likelihood that Leopold leaves at some point in this offseason. I think he gets snapped yeah. up by someone. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. South Carolina upsets Kentucky 17 to 14, keeping bowl hopes alive. They they have to beat Clemson this week to actually make a bowl, but obviously that would make a huge difference in the way we view the season with and Shane Beamer's future if, if they were able to beat Kentucky and South Carolina and Clemson in back-to-back right. weeks here. But yeah, good win by them. Um Florida goes down to Mizzou and this was close. Like Mizzou almost lost this game to Florida, who actually Props to them. They fought. They fought hard, but Mizzou prevails 33 to 31. Mizzou now nine and two. Florida needs a win against Florida State in, in the last week here if they want to go bowling. It was a fantastic game. Missouri com- converted a fourth and 17 yeah. to somehow like somehow keep a drive alive. Um it made made no sense to me. Florida finds ways to lose. Like mm-hmm. Florida was the better football team and should have won this game even after Graham Mertz went down. Um, and should have they they absolutely should have won at one point. They had a 99.8% chance of winning, like on that ESPN, like little yeah. win, win probability bar. They were at 99.8, I think, and and yeah, gave up the fourth and 17 and, and then lost. Mm-hmm. So, um, a hey, props to Missouri, but man, Florida, like brother, like that, yeah, yeah they, they need to find ways to they they. They get creative in their ways that they that they somehow find to lose. It's it's pretty yeah. neat to watch. It feels like they really need this Florida State game. Not Badly. not for Napier to keep his job, but to keep that recruiting class together, frankly. They need momentum headed into the offseason. Yes. And they need those bowl practices, too. Right. Wisconsin uh, beats Nebraska 24-17. So now they're bowl eligible. Uh, Nebraska was up early in this game. Wisconsin came back. Um, moving on. Washington beat Oregon State 22-20. A very closely contested game. Kind of felt like it could go either direction. It's sort of, I think, the way the game played out was it made it feel like Oregon State's game, but they did have a couple of turnovers, and Washington was able to come through in the end. Uh, Lots of rain in this game, which, again, would make it seem like that would favor Oregon State, Um, but Washington still able to get the job done, Uh, 22-20, squeaking out a, a close win there. But, I mean... I don't, I don't view it as like, oh, they should have won by more. I view it as more like, good job at Washington squeaking out the tough win there. 
Oregon State's a good football team, and to yes. beat Oregon State, especially at their place, um, yeah, yeah, credit to them. Pac-12 is a really deep conference. Oregon State's one of those teams that adds a ton of depth, just a really quality team um, on on Washington Oregon schedule, right, like that, that they have to beat. Um, they get them in back-to-back weeks. Oregon State had those turnovers, like you mentioned, but they far outgained Washington in this game, had more time of possession, had more first downs. They weren't really good on third down or fourth down, which is yeah. kind of what kind of they're undoing there. But yeah, they they outplayed them for large chunks of that game, had a couple of picks um, and, and lost a fumble and ended up losing the game. But yeah, Oregon State and Washington, good teams. Washington needs to get more credit for actually winning these games. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington has some good wins. They beat Oregon and Oregon State. Those are good football teams. And you can say what you want to, but you know about the rest of it. But I mean, they also they were able to get a, a one touchdown win against Arizona, who's good now too. So yeah. Washington needs to be in the top four. Um, and and I don't know what you think about what your opinion is of the playoff rankings. Washington needs to be um, in in the top four come come tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. They they've they've been really good all season long, even though it hasn't always been dominant. They've been very good, and they've beat a lot of good teams. Texas beats Iowa State 26-16. I didn't get a lot of this game, um, but this was viewed by everyone as, you know, careful. It could be an upset. So Trap game. Trap game. Yeah, definitely a trap game. And so the fact that Texas comes away with a 10-point win, they're 10-1. They pretty much control their – they do control their own destiny in the Big 12. Still probably need just a little bit of help as far as the playoff goes, but – Texas's first double-digit regular season, double-digit win regular season since 2009. So a successful season, I would say, for Steve Sarkeesian. Hadn't won 10 games in a while. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. it, had, it had been a bit and a good season for Sark. This is their last mm-hmm. season in the Big 12. They go on to the SEC. I think Texas can handle that the physicality of the SEC. I think they've proven that. I think they're a really physical football team. This was a game that is would be easy for them to lose. A, another Texas team, a different Texas team, would have lost this game. Not these guys. They came out and and just they they just kind of grinded um, this game out. And yeah, well done for them. You're right. They do need a little bit of help to get into, to get into the playoff. I think they need like a um, a Florida to beat Florida State or or yeah maybe Oregon knocks off Washington something like that. Like they need a little bit of help to get in there. Um, but they will they will have a chance probably to be in the in the Pac-12 championship and 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 get a win and get to 11 wins, which is something like that's that's a building block for them. Right. LSU beats Georgia State 56 to 14. They are they're playing for one thing, and that is Jaden Daniels Heisman trophy. So, uh, yeah, he had over 500 yards and eight total touchdowns. So he continues to just put up ridiculous numbers. Hmm. Anything we missed before we move on to week 13, Ashton? I was going to – just one thing. I know we kind of glossed over it, and it was a game to kind of forget. But Iowa-Illinois, um, 15-13, <laughs> yeah. they had a late touchdown. The game still went under somehow, which is is wild. Hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it did go under, right? That that total There were was... some people – I saw some people on Twitter had a 27-and-a-half. Okay. It was higher than that earlier in the week when we recorded, and I actually took that as one of my locks. And so okay. I got the win. There were some people that took the L on that later in the, the week. The the moment um, that that Brian Ferentz had at the end of the game, I don't know if you watched it or not, it was really cool. There's been a lot of hate um, kind of headed his way, and, and maybe deservedly so for some of the offensive play calling. But like those players clearly really like him. 
And and it, it was really neat to see that as they took their last knee and, and they they realized they're gonna win, you know, the the Big Ten West. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. I love seeing like just that emotion. I think Kirk was was crying too. Like it, it was really cool to see. Um, for a guy that has taken a lot of flack and maybe deservedly so, maybe not. Um, and, and they do need a better offense and, and they will be moving on from him um as the offensive coordinator. But those man, those kids really seem to care. And and they're winning yeah. football games. So good for them. Nine and two. They're going to the Big Ten championship. They'll probably get smoked. But yeah, they're winning football games. So yeah, credit to them. It was a it it wasn't a fantastic game to watch. Any Iowa game is not a fantastic game to watch, but it was a neat moment at the end. Right. And they did they did it without Cooper DeGene, their best player. So yeah, props to them. Okay, let's move on to week 13. It's our last regular season week of the season. Uh, we will be drafting our, our top games to watch again. Um, I have the first pick this week, and it's really easy. I'm just going to the game. It's Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan favored in this game by three and a half points. Ashton, like, do you have any expectations in this game? Because I thought I did earlier in the season, and now I feel like I just I don't know what to expect, and I'm staying away from it in the locks. Spoiler, so. Me as well. Yeah, I'm also staying away from it. Michigan's a team that I have picked the last two years in this game. I've been all over that. Um, Ohio State's offense is not very good, but their defense is way better than I thought it would be. Um, Michigan's offense isn't as good as I thought it was a month ago, but like we know that they can get after the passer. So Again, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm not taking anything um on this in the locks. I'll just be letting it I'll be I'll be enjoying it. I'm gonna watch yeah, every minute of this sure. football game. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a playoff game pretty much. Like mm-hmm. like the loser of this game's probably not in. What did you you said you had a thought of what or like what did you think earlier in the year? Like where were you leaning early in um in this year before you saw it all on kind of fold fold earlier out? in the year? I was thinking that Michigan would beat Ohio State by a touchdown or more. Like I there was a little stretch there where we were really down on Ohio state's offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still not great, but it feels like they've, they've patched it together with duct tape, but just enough that they're, they're just effective enough. And writing that along be, beside a really good defense this year, like a really stout front seven for sure. Like, I, I don't know, man. And that coupled with the fact that Michigan's offense hasn't looked all that great the last couple weeks yeah it it leaves me just kind of waiting to watch the game and hoping both teams lose quite frankly but (laughs) like yeah i don't have a strong feel about what happens in that game is there a difference with harbaugh not being on the sidelines like he's not a play caller so in in that way you're not really missing much but he does bring a lot like i think he his presence means something to that michigan team clearly well he's he's called these games he's He's made in-game decisions for years and years at this point. He's done it in the Super Bowl. Like, so yeah, he adds a little something. It's not play calling necessarily. It's more just some of the decision making throughout the game. So it is a factor, I think. It's a small factor, but it is a it, yeah, it's not zero. So what neither of us have this in the locks, but like straight no. up, you're you're leaning who? Who do you, who's gonna win? If I had to pick somebody, I'd probably say Michigan. The game is in Ann Arbor, so I'll take mm. them to win 0% confidence. What about you? I might take Ohio State. Like, mm. 
I I might. I think it's going to be really close. I think it's a coin flip game. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely feel better about Ohio. I think Ohio State's defense might be the best of any of the four groups. And imagine saying that a year yeah. ago. Um, that's right. crazy. So, like, there's a world where Ohio State comes comes out and shuts down Michigan's run attack. Like, there's there's a world where that absolutely happens because they have NFL players up front. Ohio State does. And if they do that, we haven't seen McCarthy just be on fire the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a little bit banged up at receiver. Like, there's a world where Ohio State shuts down Michigan and and makes this a game. This does not – Ohio State does not want to get in a shootout with Michigan. Again, imagine saying that a year ago, but Kyle McCord's not that guy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think McCord can come out and put up 45 points and beat Michigan. Right. He can't do what Max Duggan did in the playoff a year ago. But that's fine. That's fine. You're just going to be a different team. Like, you're just going to have to to go about things differently, try to run the ball more. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fantastic watch. I, I would maybe lean Ohio state, um, just to, to go in and pull an up, upset. I, yeah, I think, the, I think Michigan miss misses Harbaugh more than what people say. By the way, I, I said, I'm staying away from this game, the locks I'm staying away from the spread. I may have a play elsewhere. So, okay. Just, just floating that out there. All right, Ashton, you got the number two pick here. Where, where are you going next? So it's the only other game that was really in, um, that had a ranked on ranked um, matchup, uh, frankly, and yep. it's it's not quite top ten. Um, Oregon State that a loss drops them out, but Oregon Oregon State's a fantastic game. Yes. Um, Eight thirty. This is on Friday, actually, so don't get fooled. This is not a Saturday game. We have that thank that long kind of extended Thanksgiving weekend um, of football. So eight thirty p.m. on Fox. Oregon Oregon State. Oregon's favored by thirteen and a half. That seems high. It's at home for them. That's a very high number. Oregon has been covering spreads very well, though. So I think this one's going to be closer. Like, I would lean Oregon State to at least cover. I'm not sure if they went out right, but I think this is an, Oregon State won this game a year ago. Like, they went out and just beat Oregon. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that happens um, this year. I think they do cover. That's the easy pick. Uh, how often have we said that the Civil War there is – is the second best game of rivalry weekend, but it's not even particularly up for debate. I would say like that is no. absolutely the number two game, right? This is Oregon state's last game as part of the PAC 12, as we know it. And man, they could really just go out with a bang. Like they could really throw a wrench into everything this year. Everyone views Oregon as, by the way, Washington is the only team that has, clinched a spot in the Pac-12 title game. Oregon has to – well, they don't have to win this game, but they need need some things to happen if they don't win this game. So, yeah, uh, (laughs) this could be huge. I expect a tight game for sure. The spread 13.5, which was a little little surprising to me, but, yeah, uh, absolutely the right pick here, Ashton. Um, for the next game, this is where it gets a little tighter, but I think I have a, I think I have a clear number three pick here. I'm going Florida state at Florida. Um, Florida state needs the win to stay in playoff contention. Florida needs the win to go bowling this year and just feel a lot better about their program. Hold together that recruiting class, which is really good at this point, but there's some potential for that thing to fall apart a little bit. Georgia recently flipped a guy from their class. So to me, this just feels like a really fun game in the swamp Saturday night. I want to watch this game for sure. 
the, the spread on this game came out as Florida State at 11 and a half, 11 and a half point favorite. I've said for a couple of weeks, I think this game's a close football game. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, I think even with Jordan Travis, this is a close game. This is in the swamp night game. Florida playing for everything, like playing for postseason vibes, playing for a bowl game, playing to keep your recruiting class together. The coaches need this one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be close. That number has went from 11 and a half Sunday afternoon when it came Sunday, I guess Sunday morning when it came out. It's now down to Florida State at six and a half. Like that is a significant chop um, of a line. And you've seen a lot of money come in on Florida. So it was going to be an absolute lock at 11 and a half. One of my locks of the week at six and a half, like <laughs> that, that hurts a little bit. Like right. I would still maybe lean Florida, but man, that's, that's, that's a steep price to pay for, you know, a team that's five and six against an undefeated team. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I agree with you here. I think it's going to be electric like that atmosphere. And I was at, I got to go to a, a Florida night game um, this year and it was, it was awesome. Like every part of it was just sweet. Um, yeah. I, it was very enjoyable. It's an underrated um, place there. Um, ben Hill Griffin stadium. So sure. yeah, great pick. Um, love that pick. This one kind of, I'm going to go to the iron bowl. I'm going to go to Alabama, Auburn, Alabama favored by 14 and a half. This game's injured in here, which I think is, I think we need to just kind of belabor that point. Auburn did not look sure. good this, this past week. They did not look good. Um, Alabama just got to cruise over a, a bad Chattanooga team. Chattanooga is not very good at football and Alabama's pretty solid and they, they beat up on them. I think Auburn has a bounce back week and keeps this one close. I'm not going to bet on this one because I think Alabama could open it up maybe in the second half. I think this game stays close for a while. I really do. I think Hugh Freeze, he's beaten, beaten Nick Saban a couple of times already. Um, I think he, yeah, he does well. And you've seen that. You've seen like teams coached by Hugh Freeze, when, especially when they're like a big underdog, like you saw when Auburn played Georgia this year. They put it all out there, man, and they let it go. They don't hold any bullets back. So I'm expecting a close game. That's going to be my uh, uh, the number four pick for me. If this game was on a neutral field, it feels like it'd be Alabama by 25. <laughs> but yeah. there's just a certain magic about Jordan Hare Stadium and the Iron Bowl and what Auburn can do against Alabama, even though they're clearly worse than them. Like it's a little scary. I think I might have a play on it later, but man, this is one of those that it just kind of messes with you. And and regardless of what happens afterward, you're probably like, well, I should have seen that coming and you're going to be right. wrong. Like, right. yeah. Okay, for my next pick, I've got two games in mind here. I'm going to go to, I want to stay in the Pac-12 where I was with my last pick. Sorry, no, you got the Pac-12. You got the Civil War. I'm going to the Pac-12. I'm taking the Apple Cup. I'm going Washington State at Washington Washington favored by 16 and a half. They need this game probably to stay in playoff contention. They're going to the Pac-12 title game regardless. They could still win the Pac-12. But you know Washington State is going to bring everything here. They want nothing more than to upset Washington's perfect season. Now, props to these two schools. They did announce that they are playing another five years at least. So they extended the series even though they will no longer be in the same conference. So, I like that. I like that we still have the Apple Cup going forward. Um, this is the last one where they're conference rivals. So s- something a little special there, especially with Washington having an undefeated season. So I want to watch this game. Really good. Um, good job, I think, 
of like we need to watch the last games of the Pac-12 as we know it. Yeah. Um, Oregon State and Washington State, their their future is very undecided. Like I think that's it's wild how much no one knows. Like no one knows what's going to happen to those guys. Um, you know, in the coming months. So, yeah, it it's kind of the end of an era, and and there will be no no more Pac-12 after dark that ended um last week, and and so like all the games end at like eight or they start at eight thirty, which isn't I, that's it's not Pac-12 after dark until it's at least ten, right? Yeah. So my Pac-12 after dark is is gone now, and and that is very sad. The conference is is breaking up. That's sad. So. Yeah, we do need to watch it, soak in this last little bit, um, the last really full Saturday that they have. Yep. So, all right, that moves it on to me. Um, I'm going to go to Kentucky. Kentucky versus Louisville. This is at Louisville. Louisville's favored by a touchdown, seven points even. It's at noon on Saturday. Louisville still has an outside outside shot at the playoff. I mean, it's a way outside shot. They're, they're, that, it couldn't be a smaller sliver of the pie but they do have a sliver, whereas right. most teams don't. So props to them. I think this game's close. I really do. I think, I mean, Vegas has it as a seven point game at home. So that's, if this game's at Kentucky, that that's what a, a pick them pretty much <laughs> like close to it, not far away at least. So yeah, I, I think this game is pretty close. I think Kentucky comes out to ruin their, their rivals uh, season and, and just kind of put a um, bitter taste in their mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this one stays close. I think it's going to be fun to watch too. If this line was a pick'em, you'd have to think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And the yes. fact that it's Louisville by six and a half or seven is is interesting. Maybe more on that later. But I like that pick. That's definitely a game you want to watch this weekend for sure. Okay. Okay, with the seventh pick, I'm going to Texas. Texas Tech at Texas. Texas favored by twelve and a half. Um. They also have a sliver of a chance at the playoff, a bigger sliver than Louisville, but they don't exactly control their own destiny. They do have the one loss this season. However, they could really improve their resume by stomping a pretty solid Texas Tech team. Tech, finally bowl eligible. A lot of people thought they were a sleeper for the conference this year. You and I didn't really fall for it. We were a little bit down as far as compared to some of the other people out there. But right. they're still a solid team. They're still a good team. And this this is a chance for Texas to prove something. It's also a chance for them to finally crap the bed, which is what a lot of people have been expecting for a while. <laughs> Haven't we all just been waiting for that classic Texas game? Right. Which hasn't it hasn't popped up for us this year. So yeah, full credit to them for for not letting it pop up. Absolutely. But uh yeah, that, that's one to keep your eye on. All right. So for me, I'm going to go to the egg bowl. Ole Miss yes. versus Mississippi State. It, it doesn't matter that Mississippi State's not that good. This is the Egg Bowl, man. Anything could happen, like literally anything. So it is absolutely must-watch television. It is th- so it's Thanksgiving night. Like it, you, it's a standalone college football game. It's it's Thanksgiving night on ESPN. Um, which and I would I would watch this over the NFL game that night. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. Ole Miss Mississippi State. I think it's a lot of fun. It's in Starkville. Ole Miss favored by ten and a half. Mississippi State needs a win to get bowl eligible, which could be interesting. Um, yeah, given the fact that we don't really know where we're going with the coaching situation there for next year. So there's a lot of variables there. Also, Lane Kiffin, like, could he be on the move? Right. Like, that's that's been rumored, too. So there's a lot to watch. Something interesting will happen in this game. Just go ahead and write it down right now, because it always does. We can depend on the Egg Bowl for entertainment. The Egg Bowl 
is maybe like as far as teams that I'm not personally a fan of, it might be my favorite rivalry in college football. It's just yeah. so much fun. I love that it's always on Thanksgiving, stands alone compared to other college games, and it's more entertaining than the NFL game, guaranteed. So watch the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving evening when you're snacking on leftovers. Um, just a fantastic oh. game. We have no idea who's coaching either one of these two teams next year. Um we don't know how Mississippi State is going to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that pick by you. That's just a great pick. All right, we're, we're both down to one pick left, which is unfair because it's rivalry week and there's just so many great games. Um, but for my last pick, I'm going to have to go down to the Palmetto State. I'm taking Clemson at South Carolina. Yep. Clemson favored by seven and a half. South Carolina needs this game to go bowling. Clemson needs this game to get revenge for the loss last year, um, which ended their playoff hopes. So, yeah, uh, maybe lower stakes than sometimes are in this game, but it's, man, it's Clemson, South Carolina. These two teams hate each other with a passion. Right. A lot of the players were recruited by both schools. The fan bases really hate each other. So, yeah, you you just got to watch this rivalry. Those are some of the best ones when, when, when the, there's not a whole lot to lose, like, like Mm -hmm. neither one of these teams have just a whole lot to lose, but they have a lot to gain. Like this rivalry, this rivalry means a ton in state, like to those guys, to the recruits locally, it's a big deal. And South Carolina is recruiting. Yeah, pretty well. And have been, I guess my Shane Beamer, I guess my, my prediction that Shane Beamer might get fired at the end of this year kind of took a, a severe hit when he beat Kentucky this past weekend. So um, he's probably going to be staying there now, but um, yeah. And, and props to him for, for that, but yeah, I like that pick. I think it's a, I think it's solid. Um, The who, okay. Any chance South Carolina comes out and wins that game. Like what was that line again too? I'm I'm not looking at it right now. Uh, Seven and a half for Clemson. That's what I'm looking and at. You lean which way? Any, any chance you, you, you put a lock on Clemson there? Oh, I mean, I guess there's a chance. I didn't really have it on my list. <laughs> Clemson is definitely <laughs> trending up, but South Carolina, like a pretty decent win last week over Kentucky. And you know they want this game so badly. And this would send yes. them to a bowl game. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, my leaning would probably be Clemson. I'll just, I'll say that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later with the locks. I'm not sure if I'll have that as one of mine or not. But Okay. So yeah. last pick for me, um, last pick, um, and you, you're right. Well, there's a ton of good games, yes. really interesting rivalries that we just leave leave off. And and I'm currently between I'm between two Big Ten games. One, the one that I won't pick, and just going to be an honorable mention, is going to be Wisconsin Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, old school rivalry, been going on for forever, right? That one's always a lot of fun. But I'm going to go Iowa Nebraska. This is in Lincoln. I was nine and two. They're going, they've already won the West. They have that that tied up. Nebraska's five and six fighting for bowl eligibility. Nebraska's a two-point favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand it at all. The over-under for this game is now down to 26 and a half. 26 and a half. We keep setting records for how low we go on these Iowa over-unders. And and to be fair, they've continued to hit, right? You won one just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. 26 and a half though like that's too low for me it's too low I think I'd probably bet the over from this one just on principle 
but Nebraska favored by two two points when they're five and six and I was nine and two doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. It really doesn't. So that means something. Yeah, this this is a, this is a a game that you need to tune into. It's at noon on Friday, right? So we have we have like a Friday slate and a Saturday slate. This is noon on Friday. Just a good appetizer for all those Saturday games. That's what this one is. I think I might disagree with you here. I think this is a game you check the score on. <laughs> I would rather watch, for example, Texas A&M no. at LSU. I know that's the not carnage. the same time frame, but the carnage is important here, though. My, my, I guess what I'm saying is that when it gets to this point, when the over under is 26, I've watched <laughs> more Iowa football this year than I have in any year past, and it's not because they're scoring points, man. <laughs> it's because they're not scoring points. So there are some of us just degenerates out there that just enjoy when it gets into a bit of a you know a slugfest. So sure. that's and yeah, a, a slug is the appropriate way to describe the Iowa offense. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't need to be be um, going after Brian Ferentz any, anymore. We've we've done that enough this past we're done year. Now. <laughs> we're finished. It's over. This will be the last time. Well, no, we won't. We'll have the Big Ten Championship yet in a game that True. they'll just get boat raced in. But um, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I obviously too many games that we we can't pick them all this week. I'll just throw my honorable mention out there is Texas A&M at LSU. LSU favorite like by eleven one. and a half. And like then won that game last year, weirdly. So, and you know that LSU is going to be again trying to get Jaden Daniels all the stats in the world. So, all right, those are those are our top games draft. Um, let's go to the locks of the week. Mm-hmm. We finally had like a good week as a pod again. Um, it's been a few weeks. We had some earlier in the year, but Ashton, you went one or no. You had one pick. It was LSU minus thirty and a half against Georgia State. They covered pretty easily. That improves your record on the season to 16, 10, and 1. I also had a winning week. My I went 2-1. and one. My wins were Georgia minus 10 against Tennessee. Very comfortable win there. And mm-hmm. the Illinois-Iowa under 31, 28 points scored there, so a win for me. My loss was Michigan minus 19. I just kind of discounted the fact that it was wedged in between Penn State and Ohio State, but took yeah. the L on that one. My record on the season is now 26 and 29. So Ashton, you have the honors in the tee box. What is your, where are you looking for your locks in week number 13 rivalry week? Okay. Georgia minus 24 against Georgia tech on the road against Georgia tech is interesting. I'm just going to throw a bunch of them out there and we can talk about these. And I, the, I am on the Georgia side. Georgia's a freight train right now. They've covered yep. the last two weeks covered by a large margin the last two weeks. I think Georgia could come out and absolutely take apart Georgia Tech. Kirby Smart does not like Georgia Tech. He does not like the nerds in Atlanta. I think, I think, yes, I, I would lean 24 is a big number. I understand that. I would lean Georgia to cover that. Next number that I'm looking at, Kentucky covering the seven, maybe seven and a half if you can get it at Louisville. I think Louisville may win this game outright, but I think it's a very, very close football game. I think Kentucky's going to play spoiler here. Um, Louisville coming off of a fairly close game against Miami, right? And then next week, they have the ACC, ACC championship. In between, they have just this nasty little team called Kentucky who yep. they have a tendency to do this, right? Like this would not be a surprise. Um, that's another one that I'm looking at. Okay. I don't know if this is fair or not, but Utah covering 21 and a half at home at Rice Eccles mm. against Colorado. Colorado, and I stayed up and watched the entirety of Colorado-Washington State 
this past Friday night. Again, Pac-12 after dark, lifer. And, you know, we'll mm-hmm. go down on that boat. I stayed up until 2 o'clock watching. That's not the point. That's not what we're getting into. <laughs> Colorado is not good at, at the game of football right now. Right. You, Utah is a matchup nightmare for Colorado. What do you think? I'm, I'd take Utah to cover 20, uh, well, 21 points. My only concern is maybe Utah's offense hasn't looked great, but to be fair, Colorado's defense is pretty terrible. So they could, they could easily cover that. Colorado has this thing this year with, with the whole circus Mm -hmm. teams treat Colorado like they're playing Georgia. Like they, (laughs) like and Georgia can handle it because Georgia is Georgia and they have, 90 million five stars on their roster. Colorado is not a great football team. They it's hard for them. It's hard for them to stand up to being everyone's Super Bowl. <laughs> like people Ooh. really want to beat Colorado and they're just not good enough to handle it. So I is, I is, yeah. is this just a salty Colorado guy that's a little bit sour for how the season's ended? No, I no, I I kind of like Colorado. I'm not a fan necessarily, but I'm just telling you, people really want to beat them. Like they really do. And who who does? Who? Everyone they play against. <laughs> no one wants to end up on that reality show on Amazon Prime or whatever and and be yeah, I don't know. It's Every every time someone was getting a sack against them last week, they were doing the watch celebration that Shadur well, Sanders was doing. I'm just saying they bring that on really themselves, in. though. They they brought that on themselves by exactly. pumping themselves I, up the first the I first three weeks of the season. I agree with you. That's why teams want to beat them. I I agree completely. And if they would have been a little more low key in their approach, maybe it wouldn't be coming back to haunt them quite this much. But it definitely is at this point. They're getting dump trucked. I mean, Washington State absolutely took them apart last week. Um, And they had, I think they scored 42 points in the first half. Like they absolutely, yeah, took them to the woodshed. Colorado is a, they're a unique team because they do have good talent on the edges, but that offensive and defensive line have absolutely regressed. They're bad. They have regressed. They are not not a good unit um, on either side of the ball in the trenches. So, yeah. And then Utah is always going to be physical. I guess maybe that was kind of my point is that Utah is yep. always going to be super physical up front at home, um, you know, coming off of a fairly bad loss, needing to get back on a, on a good track for Utah. So yeah, I, if you don't love it, I'm probably not going to lock it up. It was just something I was thinking about. What are, what's, um, what do you have on the docket? Yeah. So I have a lot written down. Two of them you already mentioned. I want Georgia minus 24, all the reasons you said, if this was, a nameless opponent on Georgia Tech's level, I might not do it just because I would think Georgia might overlook them. Georgia really wants to dominate Georgia Tech. Like that is a, it's a weird rivalry that I've gotten to know better as I've, my wife is from Georgia and I have friends (laughs) in Georgia. These two schools really hate each other, even though it's like, it's like if Michigan would really hate, Rutgers (laughs) Rutgers <laughs> like it's kind of the same idea <laughs> like as far as the level of the teams and I, I apologize to Georgia Tech fans but that's that's kind of what it is um and Rutgers is bowl eligible this year like hey, Georgia they're Tech, a good so team that kind yeah. of makes sense yeah um and then I'm also on Kentucky plus seven against Louisville to me this feels like a pick em. Yeah, Kentucky would really enjoy to end their rival's chance at going to the playoff so yeah i'm I'm taking that it's just too many points for me um 
I'm going some. I'm on the Ohio State Michigan under 46 and a half. Ooh, that's low though, isn't it? It's, it's I mean, not I, I understand what you're number. saying. I understand what you're saying. It's not a high number, and I feel like they've gone over this recently. Right. I just don't trust either offense right now, and I really trust both defenses. So, uh, this game to me feels like twenty-four to twenty or something like that. Okay. So, not under by much, but I like the under there. I'm taking the LSU over thirty-nine oh. and a half. Not not the total between both teams with Texas A&M. I'm not taking them to cover against Texas A&M. LSU is trying to get Jaden Daniels the Heisman, and he right. is on a on a on an absolute tear. Texas A&M won this game last year, so I don't, I don't think LSU is overlooking them. They're going to have the pedal to the metal the whole four quarters. So I'm taking LSU to score at least 40 points in this game. Um, I got more, but what, what what are your thoughts on on what we've got so far? That's an interesting one. I, I I was on that whole jump on LSU because they're just going to be a points freight train. They, they, they've, they're pretty open with it. Like we're going to try to get Jaden to Heisman. Like that's what yeah. we're going to do. And we're going to throw it around. And that hasn't been, that's not, that that's just kind of out there at this point. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Mm-hmm. I do think A&M, A&M is actually a pretty good, a, a pretty good uh, football team up front. And I, I think that that could get a little interesting mm-hmm. for, for LSU. I do. I think, yeah, I I'm going to stay away from all of that. I was on LSU a week ago and they made me money and I'm yeah, but hey, it's what have you done for me lately and I don't think that they're going to do a whole lot for me this week. So, sure. I'm just going to stay away from them. I'm not going to bet against you, but I would lean slightly AM to cover the 10 and a half. Like that would just yeah. be a slight lean for me um sure. and keep keep this one close. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like the spread or or anything personally i just think lsu is going to score 40 points or more so they might allow 50 who knows right any thought on the bama auburn bama favored by 14 or 14 and a half i can get it at 14 right now at my book but yeah a lot of 14 and a half out there you're probably going to be on the opposite side i'm taking alabama minus 14 and a half to cover that spread i'm i'm trying to take my I'm trying to just follow my brain instead of my heart on this one and just say Alabama is clearly better than Auburn. Auburn can't score on Alabama. I, I just don't know how they're going to score. And Bama, they're probably not scoring 45 points, but they have figured enough out on offense. They're going to they're gonna run the ball with Jalen Milrow some. He's going to throw some deep balls against this Auburn secondary that I don't think is all that great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama covers the 14 and a half on the road, even though it's the iron bowl, even though it's at Jordan Hare. I just think Alabama is clearly three touchdowns better. Any chance that they're overlooking and looking ahead to the Georgia game next weekend? Oh yeah. <laughs> and and not not paying attention to the Auburn team who just got smoked by New Mexico State, you know. There is a chance, except for the fact that it's the Iron Bowl and it's their yeah. rival. So right. I think they're going to come to play. Um, I got some more plays. You tell me what you think. Okay. I'm looking at Virginia Tech minus three against Virginia. Virginia is a spicy team, but this this feels like it feels like Virginia Tech kind of has a mental edge in this rivalry, where Virginia has upset them in in past years. They have mm-hmm. won this game. 
But to me, it feels like Virginia Tech, there's they still kind of have that big brother against little brother thing. And the fact that it's only three, I like Virginia Tech to win this game and, and cover. Maybe not by much, but I like them in this game. Um, okay. I'm also looking at Missouri minus seven against Arkansas. I saw that. That's low. That's really low. low. Yeah. Sam Pittman, it sounds like he'll be back for Arkansas. They, they've kind of come out and said that. Correct. I still don't think Arkansas is very good, and I think Missouri Missouri is really good. So give me Mizzou to cover that one touchdown spread. And again, the, the Mizzou minus seven and Virginia Tech minus three, those feel like they could very easily be pushes, mm-hmm. but I, I like the chances of them covering versus not covering. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I have one more that I'm looking at. What do you think about Boston College plus nine against Miami? They host Miami. Miami has nothing left to play for. They're already bowl eligible. They're six and five. They're going bowling. Mm-hmm. You cannot convince me Miami's going to get up to play Boston College. This is a Boston College team that lost by two scores um, to Pitt last week. Was that just this last week? Well, oh, last game. It may have been. Yeah, you know right. You're you're right. I think that was two weeks ago. Yeah. Fair, um, fair enough. So I'm looking at Boston College's schedule. You're right. That no, that was just this past Thursday. They did lose to Pitt. <laughs> that makes me maybe not like it. And then the week before that, they lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah. <sighs> I'll pull <laughs> okay. that one off. I have a lot of plays. I'll get rid of that. That's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with two and just be a disciplined better here. I'm taking Georgia to cover 24 points. Um, I'm going to see real quick if I can if I can shop it and get a little bit lower. And I'm also going to take Kentucky um, to cover the seven on the road. Uh, same as you. I think we have lock agreement on both of those. Am I right? Yes, we do. Yep. So those it, it is that a um, yeah. I, I hopefully that's not too vanilla, but there those lines felt a little off. I think I think Vegas is maybe planning on Georgia taking a little bit kind of foot off the gas mentality. And I don't think that's going to happen against Georgia Tech. Yeah. All right. So those are your plays. I agree with you on those. And my other locks are Missouri minus seven, Ohio State, Michigan under 46 and a half, LSU over 39 and a half, Virginia Tech minus three, Alabama minus 14 and a half. So those are a big week for me. Um, trying to go out with a bang. All right, Ashton, that's week 13. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone enjoys it. Hey, we're going to have a lot better idea of what's, what's happening in the playoff. Um, yeah, come next next Monday night. Sounds good. Have a great week, everybody, and God bless you all. <laughs>